I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Final day of open practices, the 12th day of fall camp out on the shores of Lake Washington. Uh, about half the practice taking uh, place out on the east practice field and the other half inside Husky Stadium with a lot of scrimmaging. Again, for those out of town, air quality here sucks. I mean, it's just uh, you're breathing in uh, smoke. You know, they were saying, Weren't they saying it was like Beijing or something no, like that? Like worse? worse than Beijing. Yeah, that yeah. was what it was in uh, Seattle Times. They reported on it that it's worse than Beijing. We have the worst air in the world right now. We're yeah. number one. Yeah. We're Woo. number one. Mid-80s temperatures, a little bit of breeze off the uh, water, but that doesn't seem to matter. Sounds like we're going to get a little bit of relief tonight with a, a marine push, uh, you know, with some air, you know, changing uh, tomorrow. But uh, a lot of the fires from eastern Washington being pushed back over to the west side as well as um, the fires up in British Columbia. I was going to say, the last time I remember it being this bad, it was all the B.C. fires and all the smoke coming south and just dumping on the... Yeah, yeah. because you get the high pressure off the coast and it goes up so- over and it comes and right back down yep yeah i was talking to one of the parents out there today and he said it's just as bad down in california and places with the fires going on down there so what's going on at seattle doesn't seem unique to a lot of other places but uh, again final practice and uh, you know final a lot open practice. final open practices there's um season ticket um holders open scrimmage on saturday if you're a season ticket holder you should have got a notice on that but um you know that's also close to the media but lots of scrimmaging today um i think the story of today if we had to pick the top one i think peyton henry uh the place kicker and um, he, when I talked to Coach Pete about this, when he kicks the ball, he attacks it. You know, uh, Van Soderberg's out there and he's he's kicking the ball, but Peyton Henry just really attacks it. Yeah, Luke actually had a funny line. I hope he included it in his uh, standouts because Peyton Henry made it. But uh, he said he kicks like he's angry at the ball. <laughs> so um, when we, it reminds me of Bubba Watson yeah. playing golf. Because he's left-handed and left, you know, basically he just attacks it and wherever it goes, it goes. But when it goes, it goes a long way. Yeah, he um, he went uh, nine for nine is what I had him at today. Um, they did a thing that they call around the world where they do. He and Van Soderberg were uh, kicking from one spot, and then while that one unit was moving, the other one was go- was kicking from another spot and so forth. And they just kind of did that. It's kind of interesting to watch them do that. Um, but he went nine for nine today. Just looks super confident out there. Uh, Van Soderberg just is not at all when he hits the ball. He hit, he missed from what twenty yards. Yeah. I, one thing I was gonna say. Um, just twenty to, yards right down the middle. Yeah. It, it it was very reminiscent of an ASU kick, but uh, and and the thing is, I I think Van's not. 100% healthy. I, I think there's there is something issue an I think issue there. I think it's all mental for him. I just I don't think he's I just don't think he's very confident in himself. The kind, of, the kind of leg strength we're seeing with him is just not there and I just can't that, believe and that's, that's why, normal. That's yeah. why I think yeah. it's not that there's something there's something up there. What I would say with Henry though, what was interesting and Kim you noticed this literally from the jump when I when I first came in to practice is that if, if you looked as we were looking at the field facing towards Lake Washington on the left-hand side on the goalpost, they had strings or, or ribbons on either side of the goalpost inside, like about two or three yards. So they, they basically effectively narrowed the goalposts by maybe what a third. And so it wasn't like the full goalpost they could kick at. They could, they could kick it. They only had to be able to kick it within these ribbons so Peyton Henry, he just kicked over it all. Yeah, he just kicked over everything. He and they have a uh, scissor uh, lift for the film, 
so that you can get an end zone shot when the when the coaches get their cut ups of practice. They can see what everything did. It's like the end zone view, and so they have a scissor lift that's above the above the uh, the uprights. ends uh, the uprights. And he was kicking into that mm-hmm. and almost hitting them. So it was kind of interesting because I was thinking, God, they're going to have to kick in. They're going to make it even tougher for these guys. And then I see him do that. I go, well, that's one way to do it. Well, and he hit from 48. And I know everybody gets excited about the long, longer kicks and everything like that. But as Chris Peterson has said, he doesn't give a crap if they can kick it from 51. Because how many times are they going to actually attempt that? More often than not, they're going to be attempting things under 45 yards, under 40 yards, really. So 40 and under is where he really wants his guys hitting kicks from. He's like, pretty much anyone who's a really good kicker in high school is going to be able to come out and hit a 45, 50 yarder every now and then. They're going to have enough leg strength. It's the consistency that he's looking for. And Peyton Henry seems to... Let's say this is two practices in a row, but let's it seems to have picked up uh, some of this consistency that Pete's been looking for. Well, one thing I would add too to that, Scott, is that it almost feels like, you know, and again, I'm, the bad golf references, but I know New Heisel used to always do the golf references with John Anderson back in the day, but it almost feels like Peyton Henry is psychologically and physically getting to a point where he's kicking consistently and he's peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. Like beginning of spring, it looked really iffy. It got better and better and better. So by the end of the end of spring ball, he had that one practice. If people remember, we were talking about, I think he went eight for eight at the near the very end of spring. So we're like, okay, that's potential. He's splashing, he's flashing, he's showing he can get it done at times. Now he's put together two or three practices where he's been almost flawless. I think he's he basically I think he missed one kick yesterday, maybe one kick the day before, but I think in total he probably has made ninety percent, ninety to ninety five percent of his kicks, which even on scholarship, that's all you can ask for. Scott, we talked yesterday about Jake Browning starting to dial it in, and uh, I think he dialed it in a little bit more today. Um, he's added something to his repertoire because I thought he had a lot of zip on the ball today. He did have a lot more zip on the ball through a couple really nice uh, slant routes to guys um, on timing, just perfect, perfectly thrown, hit them in stride, and they, they were able to take off. Um, I mean, he did have a couple overthrows. He did have two picks that he threw today. And Byron Murphy almost got one of yeah, those, one of those one. I mean, far hash throws. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that was just a great play by Byron Murphy. And honestly, I thought he intercepted it. I thought they, he did. They too. said it hit the ground, but uh, man, it looked like, he, and it was a one handed one. Too. And we should tell people there were officials out there today, yeah. so it, so it did get. So Byron, I mean, the the defense was super lobbying they hard praying, for that yeah, pick. Exactly. So, um, but overall, I thought it was a good practice for um, Browning, and um, we can talk about. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to get to this, Kim, in this little bit, but uh, the pass from Hayner to uh, Terrell Bynum that was probably the big play of the day. Um, Might be the big play of the last few practices yeah, exactly. that I've seen. Yeah. I, I, one thing I would say is that it just seems like there has been kind of a not so much glaring omission of, of long plays or, or or shots or bombs or however you want to define them, but it just feels like it's been a lot more 8, 10, 12, 15-yard gainers to kind of just move the chains. And and I know that that's kind of how they want to do things. They kind of want to plot, and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. you know, when you're least expecting it, they bomb you. Mm-hmm. Um but there was, but that was a, a phenomenal throw. Maybe the throw of the camp. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the the, the one throw that uh, to Pettis at the in the very very beginning of the Stanford game a couple years ago, 
where it was literally just thrown right in the hole, perfect timing, mm-hmm. and Pettis got out, bounds, and they scored like oh, a couple no, plays later. The, the very beginning yeah, of the game. Yeah, like the very the beginning. Exactly. Yeah, it was like gotcha. the second or third play of the game. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like that kind of hole shot where it was like he just picked the perfect launch this angle. Was from Hainer, not from Brown. Right, but it was yeah. what it ended up being, 48, 54. 54 yards, and it was perfectly thrown. Jake Hanner's, I think, shown us a lot this spring, and I don't think any of us expected it. You know, we expected him just to be a guy, but uh, he's really going for it and going after it. I would say that when he first showed up, I would agree with you that nobody expected it. But I've, after seeing him throw it live last summer and then in the spring, I expected him to have a good camp this this camp, and he has. I mean, he's thrown a lot of picks, just like Jake Browning has. But that's partly because they're getting all the reps. I mean, they're getting what would you say between the two of them rep wise? Well, in the scrimmaging, they're getting the they're getting fifty at least fifty to sixty percent of oh, the reps. Yeah, I would have thought more like probably two thirds. I'd say yeah. two thirds. Yeah, but I would say too that we have to remember Browning is going up against the ones and Hainer's going up against the twos and sometimes right. the ones. And yeah, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, if if he hasn't exceeded expectations. He certainly matched them. He's matched them for me. And, 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 and it's one of those things that, yeah, until the bullets are flying and it's live and he has to do something out there in a real game, we'll see what happens. But for all the simulation, for all the things that you can throw at a guy in fall camp to get them ready for what they might see live, he, he is passed with flying colors. I, I don't know what else he could, he could be doing right now. Yeah. Colson Yankoff today, I thought, it showed a little bit more than he has in the past. Yeah, yeah, I thought he had a pretty good practice today. He, he, you saw his speed because yeah. you saw him get out and use his speed when uh, everybody was covered. He got outside the tackle and took off down the sidelines. What was that, about 25, 30-yard gain? It was about at least 20 yards. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was, he, he showed his speed and why Washington is so excited about him. Really, for, we've been, I've been talking about it. I, I'm like a broken record. For him, it's just going to be about getting the playbook down so that he can play fast and loose. Because right now, I think he's just really, really tight and not wanting to make a mistake. And when you're a quarterback, obviously Chris Peterson wants his quarterbacks to be careful with the ball and everything like that. But Colson Yankoff isn't in a battle right now to get the starting job. He's in a battle to show, this is what I can do, coach. And I think if he gets past that and he just gets it, I don't want to, he's never going to be a gunslinger. That's not who he is, but get just more where you're just going to throw, try and fit it in tight windows every now and then. And, and maybe, you know, maybe a guy isn't open by a step and you still throw him open, you know, things like that. I think he's scared to do it right now. And I think once he gets over that, then you're going to see the real Colson Yankoff come out. And that's when Washington's going to be in a great place because you're going to have a Jake Jacob Sermon, who I think has had a great initial camp yeah. as a Washington Husky, and then you're going to have Colson Yankoff battling him for that, you know, either starting job or backup job next year. So I mean, what it's it's nothing but good for Washington if Colson Yankoff can get this thing turned around a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I was going to actually uh, tell you guys that I thought Colson actually had a really good practice today as well. That's one, two in a row, by the way. And one of the reasons why I thought he had a good practice, right? You know, just when you're looking at the younger guys, whether it's Colson Yankoff, whether it's Jacob Sermon, you're looking for like those little shoots of growth. Not, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to be able to take massive leaps in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. They're not going to all of a sudden get it and the light comes on and all that. 
It's just going to be little signs here and there. What I saw, like in the seven on seven, for instance, he he completed three nice passes in a row, a couple to Alex Cook. I think he had one to, to Trey Lowe. Um, you know, there were just With there were just coverage. yeah, there were just signs. And then, well, and the thing is, during seven on seven, that, that's when the DBs can maybe cheat they can experiment a little bit they can they can work on some things as well to try to disguise what they're going to do to try to confuse especially a younger quarterback and I thought for Colson to complete like two three four passes in a row and he really again it's just you look for those tiny signs where it's like okay that's something that he can build on and I thought he had a couple of those moments today the running backs it's really hard to get a gauge on them because even when they're going full pads and limited contact, you know, they're blowing plays dead, you know, pretty much on first contact. Um, you know, so it's tough to get a read in them. I think it's pretty obvious that Miles Gaskin's the guy. I think it's pretty obvious that Savan Ahmed and Miles Gaskin are going to see the uh, playing field at the same time quite a bit, and even with Chico McClatcher. But, um, you know, when it starts getting behind those two guys, it's really difficult to see, to see much. It is. Um, I still think Sean McGrew's probably the third guy. Um, but he's certainly getting carries yeah, he's like get, he's the third guy. Exactly, and he's he's ta- he's getting carries with the first unit yeah. and the second unit. The guy who I thought had a really good uh, day today was Kamari Pleasant. I thought he burst through the line a couple times, had a couple nice runs, got outside a couple times, and made some plays. And um, he's actually been pretty consistent this this camp in making plays. He doesn't catch the ball well out of the backfield like the other guys do. I think everybody else catches it a little bit better than he does. He's, he can catch it. He's just not. It is, Which is kind of ironic yeah. because when he was beginning he was, recruited to ASU and other schools before he signed with Washington, it was as one of those athletes who mm-hmm. can catch the ball. Yeah, so um, – I just I I was pleasantly surprised with his day and and I don't want to say pun intended yeah <laughs> what oh jeez yeah jeez I didn't even think about that smack, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude it's been a long twelve days why why, 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 why why is that so hard so, to figure out anyway so um. You should see the looks I'm getting right now. This is like, it's like daggers. This is incredible. Anyway. This is literally the last day we have to worry about okay. this. So we should finish this with a bang, you know? Okay, Come let's, let's and go. Now you're saying literally again. Yeah. But anyway. All right, so just a good day overall, and I think Washington's building that depth. But other than Miles Gaskin and to a certain extent Savon Ahmed, although we haven't really seen it from him as much yet, Washington needs to get that dude who's going to take over for Miles Gaskin. It's going to be Savon Ahmed, yes. But we haven't seen him really take – all of his big plays came on fly sweeps or came on kind of tricky plays, whereas next year he's not going to be that guy anymore that's going to be the trick play guy. He's going to be the guy who lines up behind the quarterback, takes the ball, and needs to make plays that way. So I'm looking forward to watching him get more carries as a real running back Instead of kind of these things where they just do jo- do the job to get him uh, the ball in space. Well, it's funny you say that because I thought Savon had a phenomenal day today. Oh, no. in, in, yeah, in, he did. In, he the, did. Scr- in yeah. the scrimmage at the end, you know, when they were there, and again, they're playing what they call cut tempo. We call we call it thud. Mm-hmm. It's just essentially you can't take him to the ground. It's two hand touch almost. You kind of wrap them up, and you don't, you know, you. So anything that could have looked like it could have exploded for more ends up getting put back. There Unless were some he's runs wide, wide. Well, unless he doesn't get touched, yeah, literally. Exactly. And um, I would say that there were at least two or three runs that I thought in a couple of series there were Savon. He would have gone. I mean, he would have gone. I mean, there, there's no question in my mind. But because some guys got a hold of him or got his hand, get their hands on him, they mm-hmm. you know it gets blown dead. 
So I, I thought I saw a little bit more explosion, a little bit more out of Savant today. Um, and again, you just don't know when you're getting into the dog days of camp whether some guys, they just feel better on some days. Other days, they feel like they're grinding through. You just don't know. Um, I just thought in general, the running backs, I thought had a really good day considering the constraints that kind of the cut tempo puts on the on that group. Yeah, you know, so um, overall in camp, 12 days we've been able to see practices and, you know, still got a couple more weeks to go towards Auburn. Uh, Coach Pete was glad that, uh, you know, we're not out there every day. So now they'll probably start their installs quite a bit. But uh, listen to Coach well, Pete. Henry Roberts said it yesterday, Kim. Oh, when we, everyone was asking him about, hey, so what do you think of Auburn and stuff? He goes, well, we haven't really talked. In a couple of days, I would imagine the coaches will really start kind of ramping things up with us. So I, it, it's probably not a coincidence. Yeah, Pete's always professional. He's always cordial with us. But it's one of the things that he just – he doesn't like meeting with us. He doesn't like dealing with the media. He's always fine doing it. But, you know, it's pretty obvious. And he jokes about it. You know, and the first thing, you know, they were talking to us today, too, is, you know, make sure to give him some room because – he doesn't like people getting close to him because he's a little claustrophobic, which is why it was especially funny going up in the uh, in the Blue Angel for Coach Pete. I would no, never Thunderbirds, right? No, no, no it, was it was the Blue Angels. Blue Angels. I could yeah. never imagine Coach Pete agreeing to do that, so it was kind of funny. But uh, anyway, was it? Maybe it was a dare. Yeah. Final thoughts on uh, spring ball, Scott? Final, fall ball, fall ball, fall ball. Yeah, fall ball. Um, I'm very happy with the progress of the team. I think this is a team that hasn't exceeded my expectations, but that's because my expectations are pretty darn high. I, I thought this team is one of the top five teams in the country. And granted, I haven't been out and seen all the other teams in the country, but I don't know if there's anybody that's demonstrably better than Washington right now from a talent standpoint. Secondary, there isn't a better, there can't be a sec- better secondary in the country. And there might be some that are equal to Washington's, but there's no one that's better than Washington, especially depth wise. I think their offensive line looks pretty good. I think their quarterback situation's a lot better than people thought it was going to be. Wide receiver is a big concern for me. And I know Kim and I talked about it yesterday. He's not as concerned as I am about it. I am concerned about the wide receivers this year. Um, as far as kicking, that was the big question mark too. We're not there yet, but I think we're getting an answer on that. And I think it's, it, I think the answer is going to be pretty darn positive. The rest of the team looks exactly like I thought it would. So um, that being said, great uh, first couple weeks of camp. Um, looking forward to covering them over the next couple weeks as they get ready to go to Aub- or down to uh, Atlanta for Aub- the Auburn game, and then uh, really get into the meat of the season. And, and that's what I, that's the exciting time for me. Chris Fetters, final thoughts? Yeah, well, one of the observations, I'm going to write the, the observations tonight just on practice, but I thought one of the things that I not just showed up today, but has been kind of a constant throughout is just some of the younger guys. And not I'm not talking about just necessarily the true freshman, but you look at Ariel Nada comes back as a pick today. Um, you go into the scrimmaging and, I mean, <laughs> Kyler Gordon comes off the edge with like whatever his 44-inch vert or whatever he's That's got and, and, just, and just absolutely slam dunks a ball back into quarterback's face. You got Zion, Tupola Flutui, does the same thing. I mean, he's not going 44 inches or anything, but he's also about five, four or five inches taller than Kyler. So he, you know, he just puts up his monster arms and, 
and uh, takes care of that. So the, the athleticism across the board and the talent that they're that they're building up and they continue to get class after class is really starting to show through, I thought. Um, again, the offensive line, it's going to be really interesting to see who that starting five is going to be at Auburn because I think it could be any one of about two or three different combinations. Mm, I, um, I well, want to A put, lot of it has to do with health. Yeah, and yeah. I want to put out a depth chart here in the next day or so. Um, I'm going to be looking at you, Scott, to talk a little bit with me about – who some of those combinations might be because I think it, I think there's a lot of guys in a lot of positions that have opened up some eyes a little bit this fall. And, uh, again, I think just overall, you, you think the defense is going to dominate. Chris Peterson has talked about the defense on his best teams has usually probably been the better coming out of fall. I, I don't think that's changed at all coming out of this fall. But I saw some things today that, that, that show that the offense is, is making strides. Jake Hayner, again, you know, throwing the bomb to, to Terrell Bynum and getting that touchdown. He was the only guy that got a touchdown in the final scrimmage today, which I thought was key. But Jake Browning's continuing to develop. He's continuing to find some escapability. He got a, a ball to Chico McClatcher in a bit of a scramble. That was a nice play. Uh, did some other things today that I think uh, did well. And I'll echo your thoughts about Peyton Henry and the special teams. Uh, again, the I think the punning is going to be a weapon this year. I don't, I don't think we've paid too much yeah. attention to it. I don't think we've maybe given it enough uh, credit. But there's a way Joel Whitford with that knuckle punting and what have oh. you. I mean, he was burying them deep uh, yesterday. I talked a little bit about it. Where when he hits it, it hits it the right way. It just it just backs up like a like a like a wedge. I mean, it just it hits and it just sticks. And he's putting them inside the five on a regular basis. So if they can use that as a weapon, um, field position is going to be monster in a game like Auburn. So I think all the signs are trending up. I think it's been a great camp, and I can't, dis- uh, I can't wait to see what happens when they go to Auburn. Per the Seattle Weather blog, the air quality over Seattle the past 24 hours is the worst on record. Shocking, because it's kicking my ass. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, good camp. You know, 12 days of us covering is about enough. I mean, I don't think – I mean, we've seen what we need to see. Um, and after a while, it just gets to be a little bit monotonous watching it. They're starting to put more stuff in now, and they'll continue to put more stuff in. Well, let, let's be clear, though, Kim. We've seen what they want us to see. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, just, you know, we're ready to let them get to work. We'll get back to work. We'll focus more on analysis and recruiting is probably going to pick up here a little bit. It's just, you know, people just, what's going on in recruiting? Well, there's always time. I mean, it's the same time every year. Mm-hmm. It slows down. There was big news on recruiting today, though. Yeah. Check out our front page. Yeah. So, you know, take that a look. And, uh, possi- and there will be big news on Friday, most likely. Yeah. So yeah, Just always keep in touch with us here at dogman.com. Uh, haven't mentioned it in the past couple of uh, radio segments, just if you're looking for those daily updates in your inbox. Shoot us a note at huskystadium at gmail.com with the subject line newsletter. We'll get you those daily updates and uh, breaking news as well. Um, Luke Monger still in there working our intern he's in there transcribing big shout out to Luke and Chris Fetter Scott Eklund you guys have been killing it all camp long so uh, you know final day of fall camp glad it's over with and uh, can't wait for the season to start so I'm surprised did it start (laughs) it goes so fast I mean you get in the bubble nowadays nowadays it definitely goes fast I remember um, under Tyrone under Gilby um, when they were still running two a days because uh, nobody really runs two-a-days anymore. They were running two-a-days. We had to be here in the morning, and then we had to be here in the afternoon. It was just a pain in the butt, all the different stuff you had to do. And this is not me complaining that we have to cover football 
and get paid for it. Okay, I'm it not, is okay. Maybe I am, but and then under Sark and under Tyrone, you know, thing we didn't really do a lot of two a days that we had to cover, but you did had to, um, you know, we had to be here for three or four weeks of camp, and we're not doing that anymore, and it makes it easier on us, but and you know, it's less to to see. So. I also say it's easier on them as well yeah. because the coaches. They stress so hard the idea of practicing smarter and getting the reps done and, and maximizing the time that they are out here so that they don't have to keep repping it over and over and over and bury these guys and run them into the ground. So, And they've also, again, like Chris Peterson said, at the very beginning of fall, going 0 to 100, there's, there's some value in ramping some things up. And I think this has all been a trend to try to ramp things up generally. And again, I think Peyton Henry might be the microcosm of that trending up, getting better and better and better. So by the end of a fall, as far as we're concerned, in terms of us being able to see him, uh, he had his best day as a Husky in terms of fall camp. So uh, lots of things, lots of positives uh, coming out of this camp. Husky stadium at gmail.com subject line newsletter. We'll get you those daily updates and breaking news for all of us at dogman.com. I'm Kim Grenells along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund and intern extraordinaire, Luke Monger. Go dogs.